Welcome to MV Talks, a podcast by Maya Vandenberg Lawyers in Canberra. MV Talks is an in-depth look at the legal issues facing individuals, business and government. This is your host, Susan Blaine. Welcome again for another episode of MV Talks. I'm your host, Susan Blaine, and today with me, I have Kirsty Easdale from the Employment, Industrial Relations and Safety Team at My Vandenberg Lawyers. Kirsty, we're going in a really different direction today. Today, we are talking about something really interesting, really different. You spoil it. <laughs> So I have a confession. Oh, I love a podcast that starts with a confession. You've got me at go. So by day, I'm a very serious employment lawyer. and But by night, I watch kids' movies. I cannot okay. get enough of Kung Fu Panda, Frozen, The Incredibles, Moana, How to Train Your Dragon. And and I do that to switch off at the end of the, a long day. But I was watching a kids' movie the other night, and I realized that there are a lot of employment issues thrown up by it and I know I'm casting myself as a complete employment law nerd right now. <laughs> you are, I've got to be honest, but let's go there. Oh, goodness. So take Frozen, for example. <laughs> let's take Frozen. Yep. Frozen, um, in Frozen, I'm sure a lot of parents out there at the moment would be aware. Um, Queen Elsa um, sends the entire kingdom into a eternal winter. Um, I saw, however, um, someone with serious performance issues due to mental health concerns. Let's do it. Let it go. Oh, no. Let it go. <laughs> come on, Kirsty. I have okay. to say, I'm more like, will you come and build a snowman? <laughs> Awesome. Oh, I'm never going to look that down. Oh, we just sang. Okay. <laughs> I, I interrupted your flow. Please yeah, keep no, going. No problem. Uh, in Aladdin, Jafar is the Sultan of Agrabah's Grand Vizier. Um, while probably on the more extreme scale of serious misconduct, uh, <laughs> Jafar tried to execute someone without the Sultan's consent. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. yeah um, he yeah. then also tried to hypnotise his employer uh-huh. and, in fact, did so. Um, Had never thought of that. That's mm. an idea. Yeah. And then he took over uh, the Sultan's kingdom as yeah, well by force. Yeah. There was that. There was that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they're basically, again, employment law nerd. I, I, I saw employment law in that. <laughs> I'm strangely with you on this journey already. <laughs> so what if we use a Disney movie as a jumping off point? Where should we start? There's a whole heap of movies. You've mentioned a few. What about one of the classics, the real Disney classics, biggest seller ever? Cinderella? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so Cinderella. I'm sure everyone's familiar with the story, but in short, for those of you who can't remember what the exact plot is with Cinderella, in short, Cinderella's father remarries but passes away leaving Cinderella and her stepmother and the two stepsisters. How on earth does employment law pop up in this context, my friend? Uh, Well, I think we should be getting the wills and estates team in here for maybe a cross opinion. Uh, Yes. (laughs) 
But Cinderella was put to work in the house and she was treated as a servant. Uh, for years, Cinderella acted as an employed housekeeper without pay. Mm. So it was set in 17th century France, um, so Cinderella was not really covered by the Fair Work Act. Uh, but the plot did raise questions for me about working with family. I am really scared by where we're going here, but okay, I'm going to ask, what's the issue with working with family? At first glance, there's no issue with working with family. It's it's more when things go wrong, that it can go wrong in a really big way. Um, but there is nothing wrong with working for family. Uh, it's not uncommon for tradies' partners to do the books in their spare time um, or for kids to work in the family shop over the weekend. Case law and my own experience indicates that quite often this work is performed, however, for no pay or far below the minimum rates under the applicable award. And that's where you run into trouble. Yes, I'm just thinking that I did a hell of a lot of working for my family business for $5 every Saturday morning. Was I, think, I being I, underpaid? I think you were. Um, you are a spry chicken, however, and I'm not familiar <laughs> with um, the employment legislation that was enforced when you were um, a young lass, but uh, <laughs> most likely, yes, you were underpaid. <laughs> I can still take it up this weekend when I chat to my father. <laughs> I think the limitation period oh. might stop you from doing that. <laughs> How funny. So there's many benefits to employing family and many businesses that count their employment practices amongst their strongest competitive advantages. Uh, Family members are more likely to be truly committed to the success of the business. When times get tough, families stick together and that's what needs to be done to get their business through. These aren't uncommon ideas. Children work in the business and can provide a natural succession option for the older generation who decide to step away from the business. These aren't bad things. I certainly don't want to be the voice of doom and gloom, but there are also many ways in which employing family can go wrong. Um, Some of the common problems I've come across are family members being given inappropriate responsibilities or seniority that's not commensurate with their experience, relatives being compensated well above their job title, non-family members becoming demoralised when they realise that their career prospects are limited. When you work with family and things go south in a much bigger way, um, and it's been my experience that aggrieved parties will often turn to employment law. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, the, the Fair Work Act doesn't distinguish between employees that are family and those that are not. So if you haven't been paid, for example, for work you've been doing for years... Fair Work Act is where you would turn to. Okay. Is there some recent points that you can make on that? Uh, So there's a common theme throughout, um, say, for example, the unfair dismissal jurisdiction. And there was a case in Hazlitt and Super Ceiling Proprietary Limited. um, And it was a decision that was handed down in 2016. That involved a crack sealer with an illicit drug abuse problem. Oi. Uh, He worked in a company that was owned by his brother for a period of 12 years, but he failed three drug tests. And at the time of his dismissal, he'd only turned up to work intermittently due to family and personal issues, including his drug use. His son, who was also employed by the company and by his brother, had been seriously injured in a workplace accident. Um, And so Mr. Haslett was suffering from depression. His brother gave him time off to address these issues. Upon his return, he was asked to perform a drug test, but he failed to turn up for it five times in a row. Um, And in the end, he was finally dismissed when he did turn up to the drug test and failed it three times over a month. 
So in response, um, Mr Haslett filed an unfair dismissal application and he alleged that his dismissal was the result of the hostile relationship between him and his brother um, and not because of the drug tests. So he worked in a company owned by his brother, is that yeah. the context? Okay, that's terrible. Yeah, his application was dismissed, he was unsuccessful, and Commissioner Wilson concluded that the testing and the policy had been executed patiently. I mean, I would ask our clients whether they would put up with an employee that turned up to work intermittently, was at work on methamphetamine, and um, failed three drug tests in a row. (laughs) In context, when it's family that some of the compromises that happen you're the, by virtue of the fact of nature between you and the employer. I think Mr Haslett definitely got a f- several more opportunities than anybody else would have, but he still felt like he was aggrieved enough to go and bring an unfair dismissal application. What about Cinderella? Not Well, I mean, working for family is our tangential connection here. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I mean, she did we get her. We felt sorry for her. Yeah, she got her comeuppance. She went and married a prince. She got, she got her payback. <laughs> I love a good ending. That's a great ending, isn't it? Maybe not so for Haslett. No, and certainly not for Skipper and Skipper, which was a family um, law decision that was handed down in March 2017. Um, And it is very rare for me to bring up a family law case. Um, But in this instance, it involved a husband um, and his wife who were going through divorce proceedings in the family court. Um, They had a joint business and the husband made an interlocutory application. So an application before a final hearing uh, to seek orders that his wife be barred from entering the family business workplace. Wow. Some women working in a family business might actually think that's a prize well yes i can't speak for them but um <laughs> after a certain number of years i'm talking about when you get tired of it all please bar me <laughs> um well the reason that he made the application is because he argued that the workplace had become so hostile it was damaging a uh, shared asset between the parties that would have been decided otherwise at the hearing so basically the whole business was suffering because of the breakdown in their relationship Um, And it's interesting also that their two daughters and a son-in-law also worked in the business as well. So to be damaging the business that badly with also half of your your family working in it as well. That gets a little bit closer to the Cinderella context too, doesn't it, with the uh, siblings? Mm. Well, Justice Gill um, denied the application on the basis that the husband had not set out a sufficient basis for arguing that his wife's exclusion from the workplace would be protective of the asset. So basically he concluded that you're both being awful to each other. And so why just exclude your wife? Well, (laughs) well. Um, what about yourself? Have you been involved in cases um, that you can de-identify reference? I was um, involved in a case where a niece did the books for the family company, um, which was a considerable operation. It wasn't small by any means, and she did so without pay. Um, And she did that because her uncle had paid for her accounting degree. Um, But she'd been working there without pay for five years. So I think she by far paid back her accounting degree. Um, The role also meant that she didn't have enough time to take on a full-time paying job either. There was a falling out between her father and her uncle who were shareholders in the company and she now wanted her entitlements back. Um, 
the difficulty was is that there was no record of the hours that she'd worked in the company. Uh, she had worked varying hours and on an as-needs basis. I'm, I'm sure our accountant listeners will appreciate that there are peaks and troughs in the bookkeeping role. Um, but it proved near impossible to prove the hours that she'd worked for the company. Um, and we were only able to negotiate a, probably a fraction of what her true entitlements were. Have you ever been involved in a family business? No, I haven't. No. <laughs> I understand you have. Though, I have. Where it, you worked for $5. Yeah, where I worked for $5. Yeah. And also, uh, I once received um, Saturday morning payment in the form of a show bag from the local show. And I don't think that was fair in hindsight. And I'm going to speak to my sister now about that because she also received that same payment. I. I can't speak for when you were um, performing your duties, but the position under the Fair Work Act is definitely that um, food or other um, goods are not a substitute for payment of your minimum entitlements under a modern award. Okay, if I'm here to make some complaints, I want to put it on the record now that we've got a podcast capturing this forever, that we were slaves for the benefit of our family. My late grandfather was a banker and he knew how to make those kids work. We got in there we got in there on a Saturday morning and I think as family members we were excited about getting that $5, but uh, the trade-off was stamping invoice on every single receipt. And this is back before electronic sales receipts for purchases in a small drapery store. We're stamping invoice 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 i think you pretty much got my entire saturday morning there down pat when i say that i think that um fallouts in a family uh employment situation can be worse um i think that's proof in the cake is that you're complaining about it um however many years later yeah it's only about three or four years later but no, no really I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear no they were good times <laughs> okay uh so Business structuring, that comes up, hey? I, it would because it can uh, be, mean the difference between whether or not, um, say, for example, your partner um, or your siblings are part owners in the business and um, are entitled to distributions but not necessarily a salary um, or whether you're an employee and should be paid as such. So take the example that I raised at the beginning uh, with the tradie whose wife is doing the books chasing the debtors, mm. issuing quotes and invoices. Mm. Um, if the husband is a sole trader, the wife should be getting paid in compliance with the Fair Work Act. If, however, the business is carried on as a partnership, then the position is less clear. So there's different things that you can do to try and formalise that relationship. But one of them is business structuring. So isn't that a common occurrence, um, particularly, say, in the construction sector, in uh, smaller husband and wife businesses where the partner does bookkeeping and but doesn't necessarily or receives a small salary uh, in return is it that that salary needs to comply with an award given the nature of the duties would probably be more likely to be classified as clerical and administrative um, I would say it would be covered by the clerk's award so do you have to pay a family member at market rates well, to avoid headaches, we recommend that, well, first of all, you pay at market rates and certainly in compliance with the applicable award, uh, but also that you take steps to formalise the relationships and, and call a duck a duck, um, as yeah. some uh, federal court judges would say. <laughs> um, call it an employment arrangement if it is one um, and have a job description that describes what the role is. 
um, have performance assessment mechanisms um, that are applied uniformly across the company. You don't want to have a situation where um, an employer is providing preferential treatment to employees that are family and those that are not. Um, comply with the applicable award, like I said, in the national employment standards. Uh, comply with your tax and superannuation requirements and have workers' compensation insurance in place as well and issue payslips. Do all businesses issue payslips? You should be. uh, If you have employees, it's a breach of the Fair Work Act um, for you not to issue a payslip within one day of paying someone an amount for the performance of work, within one day. Uh, Within one day of the amount being paid, not the work being performed. That's all very interesting, but I need to get back to Cinderella. Yes. (laughs) You've obviously thought it right through the plot. Of course. Well, she went from one business to another, didn't she? I think she did go from one family business into the next. I'm sure Meghan Markle would agree that royalty is is business, not pleasure. (laughs) Indeed. She landed in style, can I say? She certainly did. She got a lot of really nice stuff from the fairy godmother. Does that count as a workplace gift? I'd say that the fairy godmother was a third party that was not party to the employment relationship, so no. What about the treatment of the mice? I mean, they were her friends and they really, in in a lot of ways, got dragged into the business and then turned into horses. I mean, they had unrealistic requirements of them as employees. I think it would be looking at the relationship and looking at whether or not... I don't think that there was an employment relationship between the evil stepmother and the mice. Volunteer, maybe. That's an exemption underneath the national employment standards. Oh, how? Uh, People who are a volunteer are not an employee underneath the Fair Work Act. Okay. If Cinderella was to take her case to court, could she bring in everyone that attended the ball as witnesses? I'm not sure about the relevance of the evidence that they might be able to provide about the nature of her working conditions at home. Well, she's not getting paid from now on, is she? She's just living the life. Good question. I don't know. Uh, I, it, I understand the British... complete. I think the British royal family do take a salary. They do. And I imagine Cinderella, once she takes on her new role at the castle, will be quite a different employer to... Uh, and employ different employment standards than that of her stepmother. I can hope. What One can hope. Yeah. I hope she gets some policies and procedures in place for her, her staff if they're not already there. Or sends her HR manager across to the HR manager's forum. Oh, nice. <laughs> and people do that by clicking on our website, subscribing to Employment Law News, and they will get two things for the price of one click which is nothing, and that is uh, copies of our e-briefs as they come out uh, periodically, not too many, uh, and over and above that, they'll get a invite to our quarterly HR managers forum. Nice little segue there, Kirsty. I'm getting better. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, on that note, there's a lot of young people in the world that wish they were Cinderella, but that was a hard path she took to being royalty. I think she'd have an arguable case for back pay. I think the limitation period might have expired since the 17th century, though. Okay, so what is the limitation period right now? Six years. Um, So if you have an underpayment, you're entitled to claim um, back pay, but only for the last six years from the date that you file your claim. 
So the sooner you come and see a lawyer, if you think you've been underpaid, the better. Okay, well, to round things out, my limitation period has passed with my childhood employment, but the hurt still continues. Like I said, you feel things more keenly in a family employment relationship. Indeed. Okay, it has been a delight, ever so different to our usual podcast topics, but nonetheless interesting. Thank you very much for your time today, Kirsty. Thanks, Susan. Pleasure to be here. I'm Susan Blaine and thanks for listening to MV Talks. For more MV podcasts, check out our page on SoundCloud or download our podcasts from iTunes. Thank you.